Good evening, ghouls, ghosts, goblins, and demons. Witches and warlocks. Vampires and werewolves and all creatures of the night. Welcome to the last Halloween podcast. This is episode number two. And I'm one half of your host, Christopher R. Pumpkins. And I'm the other half, Christina Cadavers. And again, before we get into the second half of the what was supposed to be our first episode. Yeah, part two. <laughs> from movies. Cause we're on we part two. Freaking talk like way too much about stuff. Um, so I guess we can continue our saga of what we're <laughs> trying to do for the Halloween spirit this year. Uh, what have we been up to? Yeah. Um, well, like probably many of you, we've been to Spirit Halloween a few times, checking yeah. out what's there. You know, buying a few things for the weird wall, like we said. Those animatronics, I like them. We, there used to be so many more Halloween stores, and it's weird that Spirit Halloween is now, for some reason, taken over and has their own movie now yeah. as well. Um, so that's crazy. But it's still fun. They yeah, still have all it's, the fun it's stuff. again, it's kind of like pumpkin yeah. spice lattes, where, you know, it's kind of cheesy. I don't love all of it, but it's out once a year and then it goes away. We did find that cool costume shop nearby. But there is, yeah, and they have some cool. Uh, it's not body specifically parts. Halloweeny, but it's a costume shop. It is, yeah. It's very big and spooky and dangerous too. There's yeah, a whole and they did have a no Halloween windows. section, I think. They did, yeah. They had a whole bunch of costumes. You can rent theater costumes, but then you can also get a lot of stuff. And they had like the fun joke stuff that's you know, um, you know, spiders and things like that. Yeah. What else was I going to say? Oh, we went to one of the used bookstores nearby as well, and. That reminded me of how I've been trying to read Banicula, which is this, uh, it's, I think it's for probably like third graders or something, um, but it's a really cute story, and I've been trying to read it on my lunch breaks at work. I got an R.L. Stein book. Um, it wasn't really what I was looking for, but it's Halloween Party or something, I think it's one of those Fear Street yeah, books. Yeah, it's Fear Street, right? Yeah. Because yeah. you had more Fear Street than I did. I, had, I just had classic Goosebumps, and they did have the original... Uh, number 19 there, but it... That was the only original? Yeah, it was the oh. only original, and it's underwater, so it's not really... Just some yeah. sort of shark. I don't know. I didn't read that many. I just loved collecting them, and they had the raised covers that I just loved yeah. like, touching. And, and then that's I how also, you know it's the originals, because mm-hmm. they had the the raised Goosebumps the, logo on the, it. And the um, graphics are different. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it, it looks... I don't know. Uh, fun, oh, but then, fun books. I mean, last part of our tangent before we move on... Um, when you're poor, I guess, you also read the Shivers books, which I'm pretty sure I got from the dollar store. And it was a knockoff of Goosebumps, I'm pretty sure. And I read a lot of those because they were way cheaper. It was it was a dollar. Well, that's fun. So I just got all these random books, and I don't remember any of them really. And I don't know if I still own any, but yeah, I just thought I'd put that out there in case somebody else in the world has heard of this. I swear I'm not making it up. No, I don't think you are, and I think anything spooky is worth checking out, no matter what the price is. Yeah, so it was just so strange. Cool. I just remembered that. So I guess let's get back into it, I guess. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. So our last thing oh, that we're yeah, going to yeah. talk about is um, we are currently recording this on a Saturday, and we are going to then get ready to go to our first haunted attraction of the year. Yeah, like, I, I don't think I'm a scaredy cat. I just, I have weird reactions to being fright like like startled so like i flail my arms um sometimes they hit the person trying i would like to say that my automatic reaction is to punch anybody that startles me but i think you won't be doing that what it is instead is like some sort of physical reaction i can't control 
that just tries to get rid of whatever's near me that just startled me. If you just do what you did last so, year, which was walk behind the female, <laughs> you'll be fine. What? Yeah, you just walked behind me, so everybody tried oh, to scare me instead. I don't know what the hell you meant by that. Like, walk behind the female. What is that? Yeah, don't you worry. You I mean, got you. You mean, yeah. I mean, I just let, I let yeah, you no, go first. Yeah, no, everybody tried Absolutely. to scare me. Yeah, but you liked that. Yeah, So no, it, was it was great. Fun. You had a better time, and I was able to see what was going to happen before I got there, and I could just be like, yeah, she's much braver than I am. Yeah. We're going to New Hampshire. Uh, we live in Massachusetts, but we're driving up to New Hampshire, and we're going to the Dark Woods. Yeah. Um, I had never actually heard of that before, but then I was browsing um, Instagram, I think, on Halloween New England, which is a group that um, talks about all the, the haunted happenings going on, including haunted attractions um, in all the states of New England, and I won free tickets, so yeah. we're heading out to that. You never win anything. I and never win anything ever. Tickets. Yeah, and this haunt is completely out in the woods. It's supposed to be rainy and chilly, so spooky, yeah. but also, you know, this will be fun for our Guess allergies. I can't wear my sandals anymore. Yeah. We have, like, <laughs> super bad allergies for two people that like breathing the outside air. Yes, Chris R. Pumpkins <laughs> has been watching yeah. me rub my eyes for the last 10 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so that's, that's going to be fun. But anyway, back to the originally scheduled podcast. Uh, we were talking about our third pumpkin pick. Yeah, so we're going to talk about Cry Wolf, which is not the 1940s film. No. It is from 2005. So it is starring Julian Morris as the main character, Owen. Lindy Booth as Dodger. Jared Padalecki uh, plays Tom, and he I know him mostly from you know some random movies like this, but also from Supernatural. I believe Lindy Booth, who plays Dodger, is also in yeah. an episode or two I can't of that. Remember which one, but yeah. um, and then some honorable mentions are Gary Cole, who plays <laughs> Owen's dad, Just, um, the main character Owen's dad, and who, then we've who has got a British accent for yeah. some reason. So and then we have John Bon Jovi who shows up as an actor. That's right. Bon Jovi, one yeah. of the sexiest teachers at this... He does not this, sing. Uh, he does not play. Very disappointing. He is a teacher uh, named Mr. Walker. And then the plot of the movie starts with Owen, the main character. He starts school at Westlake Prep Academy. It's a prep school. Um, he's been kind not of... a college. Yeah. We, we always think I it's always a college. I always think it's a college. <laughs> I get confused what prep schools are. I They look like colleges in yeah, all 90s basically movies. Is, they look everybody like Everybody is dorming there still. Um, this is one of many schools he apparently has been in because he's always kind of had a problem. Um, so he quickly learns the news that there's been a murder in town. A, a woman, a young woman was shot in the woods. And... So he becomes friends with a group of people who have known each other for a really long time that have gone to the school, and he's invited to a game with them called Cry Wolf. Well, uh, Lindy Bo- Dodger, Lindy Booth's character, she's the one that like, like he meets her first, and then yeah, she tells she him about the this assembly group of and all that, and brings him there because they have a you know they kind of have a moment or whatever. Yeah, so obviously there's a little tension. He finds her attractive. You know, it goes on throughout the movie. But so they play this game called Cry Wolf. Someone is marked as the wolf, and everybody basically has to figure out who it is. And they bet money and all that stuff. Um, so later, the original game, because they had been playing it amongst those that group of friends for so long, Dodger decides hey, let's play it with a whole school and we'll create, you know, the killer, the person who actually killed that woman, 
will will add it to the game and create this entire story and so they do and they send it out in a mass email to the entire school and then everybody starts freaking out and they post it as a as a forward right yeah like they got it from somebody else and they're forwarding it so it kind of like creates the lore as though oh we heard of this we're forwarding it right. on so it, the them. lore is that um, it's a serial killer. It's not just one murder that happened, which did really happen. It is, this is the guy's MO. He goes to camp, you know, from campus to campus, and he starts off with somebody local, and then he just starts murdering people on campus. Yeah, and they, I think they came up with, like, uh, you know, the because what we find out at the very beginning, the only thing that we know so far is that the girl was running in the woods, as women do in movies for some reason, Um and uh, is hiding. We see a character uh, trying to look for her, and we suddenly go into that character's POV, P- POV <laughs> the killer's POV, uh, and uh, they pull up a cell phone and call Becky, right? I think so, is yeah. Becky on the phone? And you didn't realize that that was on purpose, right? Because like the, that's the first instance of like who the killer might be. We just don't know it at the time. Uh, and her phone obviously goes off because she doesn't have it on silent. They find out where she is and they shoot her. So all they know, and and when they created this forward email, they made the killer a serial killer. And the whole problem was, well, like it, serial killers use like knives and stuff. So they decided to like change up the kill every single thing. So there's mm-hmm. the MO is they never kill the same way each time. Yeah, so it takes that typical slasher film and it kind of I mean it literally rewrites it within the movie. Yeah. Like they are aware of what they're rewriting and they create the slasher basically. Right. Yeah. And so then after they create all this, you know, there's a little bit of panic within the school system and then all of a sudden uh, the friends start getting threats via text and email from what appears to possibly be the real killer. And then the wolf, you know, the wolf comes on campus. Things Bring start in, happening. Uh, instant messenger from the mid 2000s or yeah. whatever that camp. I mean, I guess it would be like Slack or something today where it's like an interconnected uh, school instant messenger or something. Right. Yeah. 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 And I, I felt like even though. I mean, I'm so iffy on technology in movies. I don't always love it. I feel like it's it's getting to be really annoying. Well, but... they always come up with reasons why somebody's cell phone doesn't work or whatever, and then it's always like the same fake. But I, yeah, whatever. I felt like this one was just you know, no, we yeah, do have cell phones. Yeah, it seemed very realistic, and they used it, I think, properly. Where like it made sense within the story and within real life. Like I right. think this is one of the more realistic. Uh, thrillers because I, I it is a horror movie but it's it's also not it's like yeah I actually read something that said you know it's kind of considered a slasher movie but then realistically it almost isn't yeah and I think the biggest negative going for it isn't against the well I mean there's problematic things in it obviously because it's the mid-2000s but um, it I think is the marketing of it because if it's marketed as a slasher, then people that like slasher movies expect a certain uh, traits to be in the movie mm-hmm. that aren't, so they don't like it very much. And then people that like thrillers or dramas, it's too slashy for them. So it's kind of in this weird gray area, and I think that's why it's not more well-known or more liked, because it really doesn't have that good of reviews all around, and I had to disagree with a lot of them, at least the reasons I for agree, it. I agree, yeah. 
But I mean, part of the reason that I chose this movie, I mean, I've always loved it, but it kind of gives me some spooky feels, I guess, back to that spooky word. But it reminds me a lot of Scream, but like, yeah. you know, kind of like a lower level Scream where they they kind of do the meta thing where they're they're in it, but they know that they're in it kind of, but then they don't. Yeah, it's like a more um, self-aware Scream. So like where Scream was self-aware and meta, it takes it even farther where they are creating the killer. Right. So they are all the two characters in Scream. Yeah, and they, they the even killers, wrote, Except they're not actually killing anyone. Yeah, so they even wrote how all of the people from their friend group would die. And then from Owen's perspective, the main character... Um, they start dying that way. They start disappearing yeah. and being killed. Or at least he thinks right. they are, which is uh, a fun part of the movie. And they always show it. They do this thing, which again, I, I get why people would like, cause I, I did have trouble the first time I watched it, like following it. And I do have to like ask some questions sometimes only yeah, they because have this flash that they yeah, show the murder, they show the murder, but you realize it's, it's what they're perceiving to be a murder based on the evidence that they're seeing. So it's kind of like a visual representation of what you do in your brain when you see minimal evidence of something and that you assume is something else. Mm-hmm. So you'd see a character get pulled behind some place and you hear some noises. And so in the perspective of Owen or somebody, they're seeing in their brain their friend getting murdered in the way that it was because they obviously are yeah, getting murdered the, the way story, that they're supposed to. So they picture, okay, literally from the story. oh, this is just like how the how they were supposed to die and the wolf has got them. And so he believes truly that they have been murdered. And yeah. we think that as an audience too, which is uh, what's interesting because you don't really know what is um, reality and what's just this overthinking type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting. Uh, but I guess I guess we could go through the into the ending, so then we can talk about more about it because you have to kind of know where you end yeah, up going like, to. Yeah, like where can I go? So I, I'll bring up the ending, I guess, with maybe one of the things that I like, just to put it right out right out there. Um, I like that we find out what happened, kind of the reveal that horror movies tend to do. Um, the reveal is that Owen sees all of his friends being killed. And then he also finds out in the midst of everything that uh, Dodger, the girl that he's kind of interested in, has been having an affair with the teacher, John Bon Jovi. I mean, who wouldn't? I know. Come on now. Um, But yeah, so there's this whole thing that goes on where, you know, he still thinks that everybody is being murdered. He's seeing things happen. He's finding, you know, his friends. There's blood everywhere. And um, so they're going to get out. He goes to get in with Jared Padalecki and one of the other friends so that they can um, so that they can leave campus. And they go to get Dodger real quick. And so he ends up, you know, jumping the gun like he ends up literally taking a gun actually out of Mr. Walker's desk um, on campus, John Bon Jovi's desk and shooting him. And he dies. Bon Jovi dies. He's wanted. <laughs> Just everybody's alive. yeah. He's everybody's dead. He's wanted. Um, he was living on a prayer. Yeah. So he I can't um, help it. Yeah. He should have sang in the movie. No. At least once. No. Come on. He could have just had a little musical interlude. I'll be there for you. These five words I swear. He might have. We just didn't hear it. I'm sure he was doing it behind the glass when when Owen. So Owen sees that. That, they're kissing. That, that they're kissing, or at least that's what he's perceiving at that point. 
Um, and I just, maybe he was serenading her before that. I would I'd like to so. think so. I would assume so. I'd like to think so. So yeah, he dies. He kills him. Um, and he, I don't think he meant to. I yeah, think he I, it's, just, it's he really thought that, you know, at that point, all my friends are dead. Dodger's dead. Everyone around me is dead. So obviously it has to be Mr. Walker that yeah. is the killer. Like it drove him to it. But also we're not like, again, it's very like. You're not sure if he actually pulled the trigger himself because they yeah, wrestled. Yeah, there was a scuffle, so they wrestled, we don't really and then you see. hear the gun go off, and the gun en- ends up actually being in Bon Jovi's hand. Yeah. Um, so it looks like maybe he grabbed it from him, but then it pulled the trigger. Somebody did, so it's it kind of makes it so that you don't really think that the main character that you've been following this whole time murdered someone in cold blood at the end. But yeah. Um, and he seems like he's very. But he was upset. driven to it. Yeah, and and they, he and then, he did a great job of like making that. Um, but like, yeah, you're still, you're just not sure like who actually, yeah. which I like, you, you, you don't really know if he shot him or not, but you're either way he, it was his fault. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I just always thought of it like, even if he did intentionally do it, he was trying to do it because he was worried he was going to kill other people. Yeah, exactly. He but, was trying to do it out of the, like either self-defense because he thought that maybe he mm-hmm. was going to kill him or, you know, pull out a guitar or something. I don't know. But yeah, so after right after he shoots or someone shoots um, Bon Jovi, Dodger comes in and she's not dead. And then we find out as in the next scene that none of the people are dead except Mr. Walker, Bon Jovi, and of course the woman who was shot in the beginning. And this is probably where you lose a lot of slasher fans because exactly. you realize so you that no one has actually Exactly. So you think it's genuinely like, you know, 10 people have died, but realistically only two people have died. Yeah, and the second one, I guess, was the whole point of the whole thing, was to... Yeah. Right? So there was a reveal, and then there was the real reveal. So the typical kind of horror slasher movie tropes that we've seen, you know, there's some sort of reveal of either who the killer is or maybe what the motivation is, and then there's always some twist. Long summation of talking for a long time. Then there's always some twist, you know, the, the killer comes back or something happens, and... This didn't have that, which probably disappointed it had people. Two layers, though. Like it had two layers of reveal. Where first you reveal that all of his friends were Are behind this. Yes, they're not dead. They've they just all were playing orchestrated a big as a game based on the game Cry Wolf that they're doing. And then you find the overall reveal that the friends don't know about. So like there's a there's a plot with the friends, and then there's an overall master behind everything yeah so instead of having that typical horror trope plot twist um owen because he did technically shoot somebody he's at the police station um his father comes says that basically everything's okay because the gun that was used was actually the same gun that killed the woman in the beginning so you're off the hook it seems that you've killed you know a wanted murderer everything's cool so he leaves the police station Dodger comes into the police station and she is crying and she's like, oh my God, I can't believe this happened. And they have this moment that's really sweet. And um, she she's like, if I had known that uh, Mr. Walker, whose name is Mitch, I think, in the movie, <laughs> if I had known that Mitch was... Mitch Walker. ...was screwing around with that girl because they had found photos of the woman that was shot in his drawer. Oh yeah, that's right. And that's how you think that that he's like this right 
serial murderer or yeah. whatever. That he so the, is the so now the evidence points to Mr. Walker. Which I got confused Walker. and thought there was multiple women, but there was only one No. Woman. So the evidence now officially points to Mr. Walker as he has photos of the victim from the beginning of the movie who was murdered, and he had the gun in his drawer Becky. in his office. So they had a relationship, and then he killed her. Yeah. And so she Not says, it. Dodger says, you know, if I had known that they were having a relationship, like, I never would have started this game. And then, of course, the reveal is that something clicks in Owen's mind, knowing that Dodger was having a relationship with Bon Jovi and that he was also having a relationship with this other woman. He's like, oh, yeah, y- you wouldn't have started the game. Like, yeah, Owen has this, uh, what was a cool callback, because at the very beginning, he. Uh, you know, when he's invited to the church to play this game for the first time that Dodger invites him, he's really good at it immediately because he automatically suspects, uh, well, we end up finding out that he was the wolf the whole time. So he, but he was really good at like finding other people and and ways to manipulate them. So he kind of like has a knack for seeing behind Mm -hmm. manipulation. Like very self-aware and aware of the people around him. Especially with the, yeah, Dodger. And And so is she. And so is she. So they're kind of rightfully matched uh, as the two, you know, light and dark characters of of them. So like, he sees in that thing that Spidey sense in him clicks again, and yeah. and he sees her as, oh, wait a second, you wouldn't do that. This is what you would do, and so he calls her out, and he's like, you would you would get back at him. Yeah. That's exactly what you would do. Yeah, exactly. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I you know I don't understand. And he's like, yes, you do. You absolutely understand. Like. You, you you did all this. You orchestrated this entire thing. And then she, you know, uh, I've talked about it so many times. Um, she, you know, she's got tears running down her face. She's saying she doesn't understand. And then she's like, oh, and if that were true, like, you know, that's not true. But like, if that were true, who would believe you? And yeah. then she just walks away. And then that's the movie. Yeah, because you realize that she was the orchestrator and the mastermind behind the entire thing. Which seems to be a really far-fetched way to get someone else murdered and cover up your own murder. Um, but it was good. She, but I guess she if won. you are bored rich kids yeah. like they've been said to be, yeah. what else are you going to do? Yeah, which she manipulated them, obviously. Had, like Because we find out that her father might have actually been the janitor. Because she says that to he, him. But you don't, you don't know what's true and what's not that she says because she's planting things in people. But we find out that her father was the janitor. So that's probably how she was able to get into, I think that was the illusion, the illusion, the (laughs) assumption. I don't know that um, that was how she was because she said she doesn't have money like the rest of them. And uh, she got offended when Owen kind of made fun of them and been like, oh, yeah, they're just bored rich kids and they'll blame. They'll just start blaming each other, which is exactly what happens. Right. Um, Because they didn't know who was they kind of knew that. The friend group knew that the other ones were in on it, but they didn't know how far they would go, and there was just all yeah. This nobody knew about the and, whole thing with Dodger yeah. and what she was actually doing. And you really don't. And and yeah, I think that's what really rubs the slasher fans the wrong way. I am a slasher fan, but I I just I didn't really think this was a slasher, so I didn't really have that expectation. Um, so I liked that reveal, and it was like, oh, interesting. What a what a cool twist that like. Only two people actually were killed, and none of the people in the mm-hmm. none of the main people in the movie were killed, except for Bon Jovi, which is just. I just yeah, sad. I loved the His twist hair ending. Was just uh, we're back to the hair. Beautiful, and he just fell over, <laughs> and I was, uh, you know, but he was dating a student, so that's true. That so character, I guess 
And I mean, Becky might have been the student too. I'm bon not Jovi sure. Bon wouldn't have done that. I'm not sure if I didn't catch it or if the information wasn't there. She was a young woman. Yeah, she I was don't know. A student, I, I don't think. know if she was a student, but I'm assuming she could have been. If you did it once, you probably did it again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They do a really great job, um, kind of manipulating it and and showing the moving part. And yeah, rewatching absolutely helps because you, when you know the ending and you're able to look back, you see the clues. It is almost too obvious, actually, to a degree at some points. But also it is rewatchable because you're still kind of looking into the killer's mind going, okay, how did she do this? How did?" This? And it kind mm-hmm. of tracks out. And I don't know, maybe I'm just fooled, but it seems pretty airtight as far as, like, obviously there's always the somebody might act out of what you thought they might do to screw up everything for you. But, you know, hey, you know your friends very well. You yeah. can read this kid Owen pretty well. Um, you could probably, you know, do it. And she knew what she was doing. Um, she was a master manipulator and I just love those, the layers of it and, uh, the different twists and turns. And you think by the, by that time that like everybody's been killed. It is a classic slasher. Mm-hmm. Owen's been chased multiple times by the wolf, which they, they even gave a specific look with a red, um, red the winter cap, mask, the orange yep. ski cap, um, camouflage the face, coat, camouflage coat and a big, like, um, solid, like hunter's knife. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so like you said with, you know, the twist and then everybody he thinks is dying at the end. But before that, of course, I love that. I think that the killer, the first time I watched it, I think the killer is everybody. For a long time, I think it's this person. Then I think it's this person. Everybody's accusing each other, saying, you know, obviously it was this person because of this reason. You know, at one point there's this this look that the janitor gives to them as they walk by. And I'm like, I think it's the yeah, janitor. Like you think maybe he's, and you don't know too. that it's her dad yet, yeah. but like, that's why he gave the look. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many different, and, and it, it is a lot of fun to watch it multiple times because I think this might've been my third watch of it, second or third. Um, and I still, I still had trouble following the plot cause <laughs> I just do. Uh, there is a lot of moving parts. I can see why people would just be like, there's a load of shit in some parts because you really have to like follow it pretty closely. And I had to ask questions because if you can't remember character names and stuff like that, it can get a little dodgy, a little little dodgery, a little little dodgery. Um, But when you do follow it, it's, it's fun. But uh, I mean, there was a lot of things that uh, I I liked about it. Yeah. I think we've gone, uh, we've touched on a lot. Yeah. Um, I would say the only one that I didn't touch on really was just this one particular scene. Well, I guess a couple, a couple of times it happened where they did that whole, who's there trope that is just in so many things. Um, So I know a couple of the characters said who's there, which why, why do you say that? I don't know, but (laughs) it's just your automatic uh, reaction. I I don't know. Yeah. I I have never said that in my life because I don't want to know the answer. Yeah. Normally if (laughs) I'm, who is answering? (laughs) Yeah. Wherever I am, I either don't know the people or I do know the people. So I'm like, Chris Pump, Chris R. Pumpkins, are you there? Yeah. What are you doing? Exactly. Like, I'm going to either call out the people that it would be, uh, but who's there is like, I, I just, that's, there's no reason yeah. to write that in so anything. They do say that a couple of who's times, there? but my favorite is. Unless you're an owl, you could probably ask that if you're an owl. <laughs> Gosh. She's not like but, that joke. Yeah, so there's like a scene joke. where uh, Dodger is in the pool. She's a swimmer. And at that point, that was one of the points where we think maybe she's a oh, part yeah. of this. Yeah. So the main character, Owen, and his roommate, Tom, 
they go and they throw ice chunks into the pool at her, which is really, really dangerous, dangerous. Really but dangerous. that's what they do. Yeah. And she comes out and she's like, who's there? And I loved that, even if it wasn't meant to be like that. But I kind of think she did that on purpose. I I think it's almost like a trope on purpose because, I mean, maybe it is. It it probably is because she has all the power throughout the entire movie. Right. She knows that no one is coming to kill her. So us as the audience, we know who's there. Yeah. It's nobody hidden. We followed them to the place with the ice chunks. We know it's there. And now that I think about it, I do like that a lot. And then also, she says who's there, but in normal slasher movies, the people who say who's there aren't the killer. Right. But she is. And she knows that. And she also knows that she's in no danger because no one is coming to kill her. Yeah. She knows that for sure. So I don't know if they put that way. much thought into the writing. Yeah, Maybe I don't they know. did. I think they did because there is a lot but of other I just, tropes. That's how I like took it, that. and I liked it a lot. And if you've said, if anyone out there has said who's there when they hear a noise, I mean, first of all, stop, stop doing that. And second of all, I guess, I are, just good when, for you. If I, don't, I hear a noise, I that's I'd just say not what my, the fuck was that? Exactly, that's what I say. Exactly what, what I was the fuck say. was that? <laughs> if it's a person or not, I don't care. It's what the fuck was that? And and if somebody else is there, they're going to either answer me, it was me, or you're going to hear it again. But it's usually me being frightened by a bunch of sounds. It's usually the refrigerator. It's the, re- it's the ghost in the refrigerator, um, which constantly acts up at the worst times. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So was there anything else that ghost you liked or disliked in this movie? Uh, I thought the cast was really good because, like, for that time period, like, Jared Padalecki, of course, that was a pretty standard standard hire right there for him. Uh, he had, and I, it was around, I can't remember if he'd already done House of Wax, but it was probably close to it. Um, it might have been the same year. I can't quite yeah, remember. Yeah, and he did the 2009 Friday the 13th remake. He was in that, which I really liked. And, of course, Supernatural. Uh, I think that Owen uh, Julian Morris, I haven't seen him in anything else. I don't know. Not that he hasn't done it. I just haven't seen anything. Um I think he was really good. Um, mm-hmm. He, there's a couple times where I'm like, eh. but I think he was really, when he was um, like really afraid and like in his terror moments and chasing, I think it was, it was pretty realistic. Um, I, I think I, I always kind of judge, not that you should, because acting is acting, but like sometimes I'll judge, what, what would I react like in that situation? And there was a lot mm-hmm. of times I'm like, yeah, that, that tracks for me, at least for me. That's pretty much how I would react. Just Especially like kind of as terror. a teenager yeah. and, you know, being in a school where you're there all the time, like you're at college and people and are around. I think that especially in those types of movies and the ages and the roles, there's it's very hard and very rare that a character would show vulnerability, like real vulnerability uh, or be able to. It's usually like a broy type character that all his clothes fit really well and he's like over sexualized kind of as like a guy. But like, um, I think he was, he managed to like kind of show a real vulnerability, especially when he's being chased and he called the cops. He was like, officer, officer, you know, he's like, I think there was a, a, a realistic quality to his, I, yeah, I it, it was better than it, it could have been or should have been, I guess for that. Yeah, type of movie. absolutely. So I did, I did feel for the character. I did think, um, I felt bad that he's trapped in this thing. You care about the characters, which is also something that differs from slasher movies. Even though they're all kind of like these wealthy kids that are like crazy and like blaming each other on stuff. Uh, I do think that their characters were developed enough that you actually did care about them and were, and were worried. I mean, at the end, you're kind of like a bunch of assholes, but 
during the movie you were kind of like eh, but even at the end i want to see that kid because killed, you know? they didn't know how they far it had gone yeah, like I they mean, they were genuinely shaken up talking to the cops some of the guys were crying it's no fucking excuse but yeah you know and everybody like, was right, genuinely at least they're remorseful i guess you know some yeah. of them were like well why did you do that i can't believe like you know they were just they were freaking out yeah um there's and then i just think uh bon Jovi was great he was great he was that, great yeah. I've seen him in a couple other things, um, and I just I, I do wish that he had just stopped and pulled out a guitar and started singing. <laughs> That's just me. Stop. I think it would have increased the movie, but uh, yeah, no, I think I think he was really genuinely good. I mean, he was. Uh, I, I yeah, you know, some musicians that also act, you see a little bit behind the. There's so many that are bad. Like, oh, you're Bon Jovi acting, but like, no, I was like, he really is kind of this character, and and I think he was well cast because. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to be this suave journalist teacher that's apparently in, attractive to his students, <laughs> attracted to his students. Um, so I think he pulled that off pretty well. And, and that goes to one of my favorite things in the movie was the conversation. I just love I was just gonna say the interaction that between him and Owen. Um, there's a scene when, when the email first goes by, uh, Mr. Walker pulls Owen into the office and basically is like, yeah, so your email got forwarded to the mother of the girl that was killed. And so it's, you know, basically it's kind of serious. And I could never figure out if he was alluding that he knew that that Owen had been a part of making it up uh, or that he was just basically saying you shouldn't have forwarded that email uh, because this is the consequence of that. I assume he did. I assume because he said, I took a look at your personal file. I know you've kind of been a fuck up before. So he just assumed that he was doing the same kind of thing here. Maybe he he like you know did it on purpose and yeah. like made it up kind of thing. Yeah, because yeah, like cause... he does seem to be ahead of things for the most part, um, even down to you know trying to convince him that he did not kill anybody and that he was just trying to whatever. But um, yeah, so there's a scene and then of course they, it's a little contrived putting a chessboard between yeah, them they're because there, chess. there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of um, uh, alluding to to chess. I mean, Dodger says it. Uh, every, yes, she does. Everybody she else says, is playing checkers and yep. I'm playing chess. That's what that was the only that goes on my negative list just because it's like eh, that's been overdone quite a bit. And of course, they had to actually have a chessboard between him I and Mr. Walker. I did not actually remember I that. Like, All I right, did not pick. Thank you for driving yeah, I didn't pick that up on point. Both home. things. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of like the, uh, you know, the they never recovered the body thing in, in Woman in Black. It's like, I get it. You've made you the can point. Stop now. <laughs> let's move on. Like, there's no probably what people say about our podcast. Exactly. Already. <laughs> like conversation. So let's move on. There but, was but, uh, that the, interaction. The quote, yeah. So yeah. they were saying, and and he, um, Owen was of course, you know, just real confident about it. You're not going to find out it's me or whatever. He didn't say that, but like that's kind of the attitude he was taking with him. And uh, you know, Bon Jovi just says like, ah, oh, the uh, the um, the arrogance, arrogance of, of youth, youth. That that phrase, and. And Owen said, uh, you know, you mean the confidence. And then Mr. Walker says, uh, no, I mean the ignorance, which yeah. I'm like, as, uh, not that I know I'm older, but I would have loved that when I was younger, too, because I absolutely agree that there is ignorance where there's perceived arrogance, but it's really ignorance. Mm-hmm. You, you're arrogant because you don't know any better. Uh, so I just think that was a really well written line that... Uh, didn't have to be that good. I think that was pretty good. And that was my favorite line in the movie. I think with other people that are supposed to be that age, 
it wouldn't have it would have just gone over their heads. Yeah. But because it was Owen and he really is intelligent yeah. and aware and self-aware, I think he probably internalized that a little bit and was like, yeah, he might be right. Yeah, and I feel for his character. I mean, his dad is pretending to be from a country he's not using the accent and he actually is from, you know, Owen is from that country. So it's got to be tough living with a father that's a fake like that. So <laughs> it's difficult. But yeah, I like the other line where they literally say what the point of the Crywolf game is, which is avoid suspicion, manipulate yeah. your friends, eliminate your enemies. And that's pretty much what the entire movie is. Yeah. And it follows that to a T. I, yeah. it's, it's nice because even at the end, like Owen thinks about that. And that's what kind of also reveals to him that Dodger was the manipulator. Which exactly. Is and then, of course, there was a text message or something that comes through from the wolf before we know who the wolf is that uh, says, when does a lie become the truth? Yeah. And yeah. I kind of liked that. I just think there's a lot of fun things in the movie and it's smart um, and it doesn't. And I think another reason why maybe it doesn't hit home to everybody is it does not. Except for the you know certain scenes like putting a chessboard out a million times and things like that. But it, it doesn't um, explain itself to the audience like I, I and for positive and negative because in so many ways it doesn't dumb anything down to make it easier to understand which the, the people like me is i get there confused, it's just it's but, peppered in in yeah. such a way that you don't if you miss something you miss it yeah i probably just have more patience than some people to actually deal with that because i should have explained things a little better um but i i, I kind of went agree. into it like i, I like agree. no i don't think it should either <laughs> but if it wanted to be more popular it could have a little bit yeah um, well i mean like we've had extensive conversations on that we won't go into now <laughs> but uh i i do think that that's a problem with specifically horror and kind of yeah, weird tailoring, drama tailoring drama movies like the the tropes people want to, to be spoon fed something scary or whatever yeah. and they don't want to have to think and have some intrigue in it and they just they they get angry and they think it's a terrible movie if they have to do some work yeah uh, as well, the audience member and i think to a degree you you have to like you have to do some work but also it is fun when a movie is just like spoon feeding it to you because then you don't have to think so i think this one is just like a i don't think people thought they would have to think when they saw it so mm -hmm. when they did they were like oh i thought this was just going to be a slasher that was following the tropes and i could enjoy it and it would be fun and instead i had to do math you know because you have to like kind of count the characters and be like okay then, then this person was here and then this person there and you have to watch it multiple times to like really get a lot of the the juiciness from it kind of because it does give it that way and i, I guess mean, that describes yeah. everything that we love in some of these movies honestly is it's our own opinion for yeah one. it's yeah. <laughs> we like the things that other people don't always like yeah and it's okay if you don't like it like yeah. i i never knock anybody for not liking anything that i like but just like I give like this movie stuff. a try because yeah i would say good. give it a shot <laughs> i would say give it a shot and see what you think um, I, what would you rate it? I would say. So I decided, um, for our rating for this one, it was going to be orange ski masks and okay, I like that. I mean, I'm not saying it's great quality, but because I love it so much and because I love movies that take the standard horror tropes and kind of twist them a little bit, I gave it a nine out of 10. I like it. Nine out of, nine 10, out of 10 ski uh, masks. Ski masks. Yeah. I mean, in, in, in an unscream like way, cause like scream that, like over self-aware stuff has been overdone so many times in movies past scream. Um, but this one is different than that. So it still takes it and twists it, mm -hmm. but takes kind of a unique spin. That's not a word, but you know, 
like just kind of a new way to do it. It was really one of the movies I had seen. I mean, we've seen a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff. Yeah. And that, that one struck me as like, oh, this is something a little different. Yeah. It was really one of those movies that, I mean, there was a portion of my life where I was like, maybe I'd like to write a movie or something. And I definitely think this was part of it because I could see the, the thought that what I think went into it. The thought that you think went into yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's a fun thing to say. Yes. Yeah, no, I Just I agree. my opinion I agree. of those thoughts that I think went into it. I think it. I would give it, I, for me personally, I think eight. Wait, what did I give Adam's family? Did, what I, did I give nine out of ten it, like baby it's? I don't know if you gave one. Oh, shit. I don't remember. <laughs> I think it was ten, nine out of ten, ten out, nine out of ten baby it's, eight I or think. Nine, Whatever. Yeah. It has to be higher than the other movies because I've watched it more and like whatever. Um, uh, Woman in Black is great, but it has, I think I think it has to be lower. So I would I would I would give uh, Cry. Wolf. I mean, you can't compare them, but I would give Cry Wolf like an eight out of ten ski masks, only because I do have trouble following it sometime, and with all those weird flashbacks, it gets mm-hmm. a little confusing. So I do have to think a little bit when I watch it. And this last watch, when we watched, it, I had to ask you a lot of questions because <laughs> I it had been long enough between watches that I got confused again. And the ending explained everything and it made sense. But while I was watching it, I got a little uncomfortable because I was like, wait a minute. No, I know that. But like, what is, who's that? And like, what does that mean? And um, I think it's a positive for the movie because I like complicated stuff, but it does take one ski mask off for that. And it was, what year was it? 2005, Mm -hmm. right? So it has a lot of... Um, there are some derogatory er, remarks early 2000s language and, that is yeah. like not it does not hold up like i would never like, say them on this podcast even to explain but it's just it was very typical for that time period yeah, unfortunately, so it's not it really the was. fault of the movie because that's just when it was made you i was very had to, but in the moment yeah exactly so like they were writing it the way that people unfortunately probably said a lot mm-hmm. of things back then. Um, so it was part of that humor. Um, I just, you know, it just doesn't age well and yeah. you kind of have to look beyond that a little bit. And I um, guess for me, I just forgot, sorry, it popped into my head, but I also, for some reason, really like the movies that, um, like scream and like urban legend and some of these other movies that are the school based slashers. I don't know yeah. why, you know, we could do a whole, they're at a college or a prep school. Yeah. Like, there's something really. I don't know why. I don't well, know what that is. Well, a lot of them, which is weird, because like some of them more than others have a more Halloweeny, spooky. Yeah, because like, some are during this that time one. Period. An urban legend does because there's like it's fall because it's school time. Mm-hmm. There's leaves. But then urban know, legend like took place in April or something. Yeah, it's which so I, don't, weird. I don't like to think about that. Uh, but so did the fog, and I, <laughs> I, I think the fog is gives some Halloweeny feelings, but you yeah. know. Because they were like, I can't make a movie around Halloween again. It has but I think that's why April. I rate it highly because that's kind yeah. of the type of movie I've always liked. Which, of course, Urban Legend is definitely one of the ones that we've watched. I think it's been playing on Pluto on repeat. So yeah. every once in a while, I'm doing the dishes watching Urban Legend. I definitely put Cry Wolf in a higher category than Urban Legend. I wrote Legends, that down. I actually sure. said it yeah. gives me a lot of Urban Legend feels, but actually somehow better done. Yeah. If you want a... Uh, slightly smarter, but not as well-written uh, slasher-like movie, then I would go with Urban Legend because it's not as smart at all by Crywolf, but it definitely follows the slasher parameter much closer. It mm-hmm. is a much more slasher-like film, and, you know, that is a 
it's a fun. It's in its own category. This Cry Wolf, Urban, they're all in their own like thriller slasher horror teen movie genre things. I don't know. Well, we like them. They're part of our yeah. foreplay movies. All right, so I think that about wraps it up, right? incessantly about these three when we were like, yeah, we'll just do one podcast episode about three movies that we pick and things got way off yeah, the rails. I, we don't apologize for it, but we we are going to try to get it together. I mean, we've enjoyed this. That's the whole <laughs> yeah, point. Exactly. So, you know, it's it's fun to talk. We that's Again, we'd be doing this if we didn't have the mics, so... Unfortunately, to to know that I think we're just trying to get more of a point in us having these conversations so like other people can listen and possibly chime in instead of us just wasting an entire Saturday talking about this for no yeah, reason. Tell yeah. us your thoughts. Well, our uh, spooky animals just stare at us wondering yeah. why we're not paying attention yeah, to Lucy, them. Lucy, our cat, once again, has been wandering around and we have a small. Lucy fur. Yeah, Lucy fur. Lucy. We have a small cat, which is a guinea pig, but we won't go into that right now. <laughs> and she has been just leering and trying to see him. And she, I just keep watching her. She's climbing over one of our skull decorations, and she's trying to get her face right up against it. And you'd think she's that that bored. was a horror movie itself for Spooky Pooky, but instead he is the most friendliest little guy he loves her. in the world. And consistently is just like, oh, she's staring at me and wants to be my friend and loves it uh, yeah. and just wants to hang out and spend more time with her. But she's looking at him for different reasons, we're assuming. So they don't actually ever meet. They just touch <laughs> noses every now and then. We don't need actual horror in in our haunted mansion here. Absolutely not. But yeah, they're they're calling us. They want their dinner, even though it's early. Well, maybe she does want to be friends. I'm just never going to test that theory. Anyway, well, yes, the there candlelight are, there is burning roommates. very low, so we need to uh, we need to wrap this the fuck up. That's for sure. <laughs>